And away we go. It is the BCJ podcast right here on Bearcat Journal. Brought to you as always by our good friends at the Holy Grail. If you are down around the banks, make sure you stop in. See our guys at the Holy Grail. Get down there. Get you some of their outstanding pizza. All kinds of good food. Lots of good drinks. And uh, they will get you taken care of. Great service. Great food. And uh, it always helps to support the people that support us. So there you go. Hi, Dave. Hi. How you doing? Doing well. How are you? Mm. It's been a busy day, but, you know, that's just kind of how this goes. So yeah. doing pretty good. My uh, my voice isn't doing great after three hours of radio, so... We're gonna we're gonna see how long it lasts. I've got three more hours tomorrow, <laughs> so it's uh, <clears throat> thing, things aren't trending in a great direction. Well, I hope you can pull through. It appears I talk too much. Yeah, you know, some, sometimes that happens. It appears that I talk too much, and it appears that running around as much as I have, and then jumping under these uh, lights with a hoodie on is not going to last long either. So if I go dark, you'll understand why, but I'll still be here to talk. Um, Anyhow, (laughs) big day yesterday. Um, Trying to wait for, for the, the troops to rally into the room. Uh, Big day yesterday for the football program as Scott Satterfield completed his first, Signing day as the head coach at Cincinnati. Um, thought for sure I'd cancel the show due to the blizzard we can't see. I I might have to cancel tomorrow's show on ESPN 1530 if I can't get out of my house. But <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Um, there were a lot of questions on the board, Dave. Like, overall, like, was yesterday – I guess the, the accurate question I saw on the message board – and I'm interested in your answer. Was yesterday a win? I, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> like, is that a is that a sufficient? It's not answer? great for content. It's not great for content. Okay. <laughs> okay, but like, I I don't know. It's if I say yes, then I have to give my reasons why, and if I say no, I have to give my reasons why, and I. I don't really think it's either. Um, Here's what I would say. It wasn't a loss. No, it was. It, I, I wouldn't. I would agree. I would say it wasn't a loss. But like to say it was a win, I guess. You know, to be able to get. Um, Barry Jackson and Raekwon. Adkins is a is a win because they were on some level unexpected. And while I have said that I'm not into a ton of high school players in this class, you also can't have none like like five, right? Because it, it'll screw you up down the line. Hello, pickle. Welcome to the show. Like clockwork. Um. Uh, so that is that part is a win. And, you know, I think there are 
arguments, conversations that can be had on Emory Jones, but I would say adding Emory Jones is a win. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not many of the uncommitted or the, I'm sorry, the decommitted guys that went elsewhere that I felt like it was a loss that they weren't able to keep mainly because I just didn't see any of them sticking around. Um, although I, I, one, one that I, that I personally had an affinity to, uh, cause I thought he was really good. Um, I kind of wish, and I don't, again, we don't know this because we don't know what the current staff thought of these guys. It's always one right. side. It's always, well, this guy didn't want to stay here because the coaching staff that he committed to isn't here. And that is by and large true, but it definitely also could be the case that the new coaching staff uh, evaluated everybody and did not want to keep certain guys. And you never, regardless of how small the numbers get, you never want them to keep guys that they don't want right. or don't fit right. or don't think fits. The one guy, I, I mean, obviously I would have loved to have kept a lot of them, but the one guy in particular that that I, I kind of scratched my head based on where he ended up going and the offense that UC is moving to and the need at wide receiver is Aiden Green. He, if I, there's, I think for me, there's three guys in this class I really would have liked to have kept that they didn't. Brayden Moore, Kamari Anderson, and Aiden Green. Aiden Green was the one just to me that going to Virginia Tech um, with the offense they're going to run here that you see. I wasn't I that one and again that one might have been like the coaching staff being like you know we just don't but again I, I would mean, find that hard to believe with Adrian. I I would too. Uh you know but I'm just trying to kind of look at all angles to it. Yeah. Um in the sense of like you know he was committed for a long time he's at a, a big position of need and he would you would think that he would fit into what they're trying to do offensively? That was the one that stuck out to me. You know, Braden Moore going to Wisconsin was not a surprise because of his relationship with Coach with Hitchler. Hitch. Yeah, not a surprise. I just think Braden Moore is going to be really, really good. Yeah, like that. That was my thing on him. Like, watch. I watched. I watched him and Hartford both work out. Now it's camp setting. Whatever. But I thought he was every bit as good as Malik Hartford. That's not saying he was better than Malik Hartford, but I thought those two guys both, like, when I watched them work out, flashed. Mm-hmm. Pickle just knows when it's time. Absolutely. As soon as I sit down, she's like, something's going on. <laughs> um, what about Snowden? I think Amari Snowden would have been good. I, I don't know that he was instantly, like, uh I worry, like, I know we all look at Sauce and think, man, you want everybody to look like that, and you do. But Sauce was also as fast as anybody at corner. Like, faster than a lot of the small guys, right? Like, that's why you want, that's why teams take the 5'11 corners, right, Dave? Yes. Because those are the ones that are faster. Sauce was every bit as fast as those guys. Sauce had bigger hands than the, like, I know it's easy to look 
and and get fascinated by the measurables. But for sauce, it was all, all almost always the the immeasurables or the you know the stuff that that. Yeah, I mean, I makes a guy elite. They had a, a top thirty class going before the coaching change, so I would have liked to have kept all of them. I mean, sure. I think I think Jackson McGowan is an absolute stud and is going to be a stud at LSU, and I would have loved to have kept him too. Sure, um, but like, if I'm just singling out one guy based on what I know and the circumstances and how everything played out. That's why I picked Aiden Green. Now, of course, you know, there's other guys too as well that I would have. But, like, I totally get Braden Moore. I totally get Kamari going to Kentucky. Like, I just didn't get as much, like, the the going, the Virginia Tech thing. With Aiden Green, yeah. Given everything that was going on with UC. Yeah. Um, but, But, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing for me is they stabilized things like things feel things don't feel like like disorganized the i guess portal, is a way to the, put right. it right and the portal just changes things Everything. so much yeah because the portal isn't a one year stopgap either like no most of these guys that they'll end up getting will have multiple years yeah. so you're ba- it's you know it is what you're doing but it's like it's basically like you're taking high school kids letting them develop somewhere else and then implanting them into your roster as juniors right uh if in the old days of truly just high schools and like the old school transfer system so like they have 11 high school kids now in, in February they might add a couple more I have no idea you know how many guys are going to be out there that that are of interest to them. It wouldn't surprise me if there were a couple that they, you know, for whatever reason didn't sign or, you know, that they, that they target, but then you're probably looking at, I don't know. What do you, I mean, what do you think they've got four transfers now? I wouldn't be surprised if they added anywhere from five to 10 more. I think here's the other thing I think that people aren't paying attention to Dave we're pretty close to 85. Right. Already. Like, as they currently stand, they're in the 80, like, right around 80, I think. Right. So, yeah, there's going to be more attrition. Um, But I don't know how, like, if we're at this point, like, the bowl game was five days ago, right? Yeah. And we haven't seen a, a mass exodus to the portal. Um, we didn't see a mass exodus to the portal uh, coming out of the coaching change. So I don't know that we're going to see that right now. No, especially when you look at it like talking about the portal and you, and you look at numbers. I look at like impact. Like how many yeah. of the guys that are le- that left, and some of them are very young and could still be developed. But like, just say over the next two years, because if you're not if you're not contributing over the next two years, they're just going to go to the portal and replace you. Right. If you were, you know, if you came in as a as a high school kid, so like, you know, of the guys that went into the portal, I would have liked to have kept Will Pauling, uh, Jaden Thompson, 
Noah Potter, Ryan Coe, Jaquan Shepard, JQ, Jake Renfro. It's like seven. Yeah. Luther Richardson, we all know that story. JoJo Bermudez maybe won't play football. Um, Leroy Bowers, young guy. Mario Heno, a young guy. Patrick Body, young guy. Like, so when you look at it that way, I'm like, okay, so they lost seven and they've seven or eight that I, we, we all probably would have liked to have kept and they've gotten four replacements. So they're, so they're negative three or four right. in that regard. And then you have the 11 high school kids who I guess we can't really do the whole counting thing of seniors yet because seniors aren't a thing anymore. And you know, seniors aren't a thing anymore <laughs> i mean they're really not in the in the way that we you know used to look at them right so you know we can't do the one for one there quite yet so you know i i definitely agree things are more stable and i just think with like what some of the coaches are doing and what some of the uh, personnel recruiting staff that we're pretty kind of aware of right now are doing. I I mean I'm I'm thinking no, I just say that because I don't know what the eighty the eighty five number is. But like this class as a whole will probably be right around twenty five kids or people, whatever you want. To, somewhere when it's all that, said and done, probably yeah, somewhere yeah. in that neighborhood. Uh, Richard, uh, thanks for the donation. We are going to get to that, all of that stuff uh, here shortly. Yeah. So it is, it is on the list. I mean, you have 15 now. Is it really that far fetched to think that they're going to add five to 10 more? Well, whether and, and that, it's, whether it's and through high school or the portal. And that's if we're talking, you're going to have that January 4th through 8th visit window. What do they bring in there? How many guys are they looking to add from there? Um, what are going to be their evaluations? Because look, as they get comfortable with this roster, there are going to be conversations probably of, you know, we don't necessarily think you're a great fit here. Right. Or, Especially after spring practice. Yeah. And that, well, I was getting to that. And then yeah. you're going to have the high school, the second high school window in February. And then you're going to have the second transfer window in April. There's going to be, five, six, seven more guys that end up not on this roster that are currently on this roster. You know, you're, you're going to have guys that they that the coaching staff thinks is a knucklehead for lack of a, you know, guys that aren't doing things the right way in this winter quarter. You know, the yeah, whole like, staff is gone. Yeah, like they're going to be kids. Somebody that's stuck around but hasn't really like bought into the new whatever the yeah. new philosophies are and and everything, and you're just like, yeah, we don't need any of that. We're trying to we're trying to start strong with our mental like our mentality and our ways of doing things. And if you if you can't separate your feelings or separate yourself from the past, then I you can't really have hold them to sticking with that person. Right. So, yeah, I think if it's roughly around 80 right now and you think, the, you know, five more transfers or whatever gets them to 85, 
then through a just normal attrition, you have another five, six guys that that are gone by between now and the end of, of spring football. Then that puts you right in that 25. Yeah, because like right now, there's no one that has announced that they are leaving that is has been a surprise from like a has another year, could come back yeah. type thing. Everybody that's done their little graphic and said they're moving on to the NFL, we I mean, at least to me, I expected that for all of them. Right. Um, we've got some quarterback questions here. Or comments. Andrew, Andrew asked a good one, but I don't know the answer to it. I don't I, well, I, he's <laughs> 13 quarterbacks, some of them will leave too. They I can't imagine they go into higher ground with five scholarship quarterbacks on the roster. No. And and even if they wanted to, I couldn't imagine that because it's not how college football works anymore. No. Like you're seeing backup quarterbacks across the country. If the guy returning in front of them or the guy in front of them is returning, the backup is in the portal. Like that's just how it goes. So uh, five quarterbacks is a lot. And yeah. Um, Andrew says, not familiar with the types of quarterbacks Satterfield has had besides Malik. Has he ever had a pocket passer like Ben? I don't know that specific answer, but I know that he is a guy that prefers a run-oriented spread, right? Like, it's it's balanced. It's not that they don't pass. Like, if you look at Malik Cunningham's no, numbers. He, I, I think he his offense wants a mobile quarterback who can run, but is – a passer. Yeah. Um, you know, hence Emory Jones. <laughs> right. Although Emory Jones over the past uh, year and a half or so just did quit running. Don't I don't know if that was on his, by his choice or not. I know, but <laughs> it, that that's, I, he only rushed for what, a hundred yards this year? If that, yeah. Yeah. So the running was uh, taken out of his game. Now, I, maybe that is the kid. You know, you get a lot of a lot of these guys want to be able to show that they can be a pocket passer, right? Because ultimately, in the NFL, you have to be able to stand in the pocket and throw. If you can run, that's it's a bonus. But in the NFL, you have to be able to stand in the pocket and throw. What was your thoughts on um, on Ben's tweet last night? I don't know what option he has. I agree. Right now. I mean, Liz Frank is a six-month injury. Well, and it makes makes the most sense, too, to continue rehab and treatment with the people that you trust the most. Like, if he got in the portal, I guess technically he could still go to UC and do all that stuff until he decided to go somewhere else or or declare for the yeah you know, declare for the draft was an option so it's not just it's not just portal but then he's finding a doctor and doing all of that stuff and and it I think it makes the most sense to continue that phase here get to know the coaching staff get to know the playbook and maybe Maybe they say, Ben, like, you just don't fit. Or maybe he reads it and starts learning, and he's like, this isn't for me. Or maybe he's like, yeah, this is I like it here, and this is what I want to compete to do. I, I have no idea. 
also something that we have talked about a little bit here that I don't think fans have paid enough attention to. Ben Bryant loves being a Bearcat. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I think people just assume, like, you're going to go to the portal, and now you're especially going to go to the portal because they brought in another quarterback. Uh, I mean, I don't know if any promises were given or made or whatever. I mean, I, I, I can guarantee from Emory Jones' side of things, he's expecting to come in here and be a starter. Sure. Guess what? When Ben Bryant transferred back here last year, he also expected to come right. in here and be the starter. Like, yeah. yeah, that's you don't at this stage, especially Emory Jones, he's got one year left, right? He's not transferring anywhere to sit on the bench. Right. That that's not his mentality. This will be now, his sixth sixth year of throwing football passes. Cause he has he's played in every season too. Like he never just redshirted or anything, which is pretty yeah. hard to believe from a quarterback. So, I mean, yeah, he played as a true freshman at Florida. Yeah, like, a little bit. And mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so that's the thing. Like, it, it's hard to quantify how much Ben loves being a Bearcat. Like, I don't think he wanted to go to Eastern Michigan. He just, he, he just is he in a situation. To, he, was, he, wanted he wanted to, to play. play. Yeah. He wasn't going to play. Um, all right, I guess let's get to the the support staff stuff. Uh, report from Pro Football Focus today. Cincinnati intends no, or is working towards fo- huh? football football scoop or football scoop. Sorry, football scoop. I've been on the radio all day. <laughs> football scoop that Cincinnati intends to add Zach Grant as their what general, general manager. General manager. People were, a, people were asking. What the extra support staff money, or what the extra coaching staff money was going to go to? This is it. Yeah, like running an organization, running an organization like your peers, instead of scraping by with three recruiting staffers, three and having. Well, they had Ashley that was like the on campus, right? But I mean, I'm, they have two guys. They had two guys that I would consider to be like the yeah, main the recruiting guys. Then you right. have your student, like student assistant people, like Michael. Well, but Ashley was full time. She yeah. like she handled visits and yeah, she wasn't a, in like scouting and no, like, she's the on campus like, director, liaison she's still director. Here. Yeah. yeah, she's still here handling that. Um, Louisville had, I think, five full time recruiting guys. Three that I three that I know of. I don't know. I mean, they probably have more, but I don't know who those guys are. I know three. Yeah. Um, and and Cincinnati is, is clearly going towards that. Uh, tell us what you know about Zach. Uh, he had a major, major – well, first off, he's incredibly young to be in this position, so it makes me very, very jealous. I think he was 23 when he became the, like, director of – player personnel at at Western Kentucky yeah. in 2017, I think. Was there for five years. Kind of put that whole thing together. He really understands the portal. After COVID, Western went big-time portal. Basically took all the good players from Houston Baptist and their coach 
and brought them to Western Kentucky. That's when Bailey Zappi threw for 6,000 yards and 62 touchdowns. Yeah. Um, so he was instrumental. Like, you can't say, like, the reason. But, you know, he's he's very good with identifying in the portal. Very good. Apparent, you know, I'm, this is all secondhand. Like, I never talked to the guy. I have no idea. Um, but it just sounds like very good understanding his roster, how the portal works, how what guys fit. Um, in at his time at Western, I think it was five years. They had seventeen guys drafted, um, and they have an incredibly they had an incredibly low recruiting budget. I think they were second to last in Conference USA from from the stuff that I've been reading. Um, Forty five. Western guys earned all conference USA honors while he was there. Um, so, you know, he's going to come in and, and it's going to be kind of one of those deals where you hear about it in the NFL, like does the GM pick the play? It has to work a little bit different in college. Um, the, you know, the 28 year old isn't going to be telling the coaching <laughs> staff, like what guys to offer and, and this guy's, you know, but that's kind of what he's going to be doing is managing the roster, managing the portal. Um, you know, he was the football scoop gives out awards to all of the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, position coaches, the, you know, strength coaches. They, and they do, they give out a director of player personnel of the year, and Zach won it in 2021 before he went to Ohio State. And uh, Mark Pantoni, who's like often thought of as one of the best guys in, in this type of player personnel GM role, uh, said that he was one of the top up and comers in the profession while at WKU. He helped Coach Helton build a great roster. Uh, which we decide, which is why we decided to hire him here. He's extremely organized and does a great job evaluating players while understanding how they fit our roster. He's hungry to learn and has been a great addition to the staff. Maurice Crum, who played a lot of people know from his time playing at Notre Dame, was a coach at Western Kentucky when Zach was there. Um, and he, he said it was so exciting. It, he was like so excited just to look at all the pieces that we put together. Um, he had a mindset of, I don't want us to just take anyone out of the portal. We have to take the right things and the right people under Coach Helton's guidance. And Zach would just get so excited every time we got a piece. Like you could see it just coming together before everyone else could. And then once it got together and got going, it was special. Obviously, he was like everyone else early on in the season, a little nervous. But he just said, just trust me, it's going to work. And it kind of just took off all of a sudden. T-Win says he's the Moneyball Billy Bean of the portal. <laughs> might might be. Might be. But, I mean, if it, the portal is here to stay, and it's probably not – like, there might be a regression to the mean at some point, but not in the next few years. So you may as well have someone that, that understands it and has experience built helping build a roster that will have that has nowhere near – the uh, resources that UC will have. So, you know, you get you get him on board. You know, I think there's at least one other person that we're pretty confident in will be coming on board and 
it might not even be done there. And I'm just saying that from a speculative standpoint, I'm not like um, right. leading in any way. Like we already know that Carter Wilson is here from Louisville. Michael Kopegorowski is still there. There's three other assistant uh, kind of personnel now recruiting guys that are just their student, you know, you can call them interns, you can call them assistants, whatever. Um, so you're going to have this kind of general manager, at least two, two main recruiting guys. So I would call them kind of like the Pat and Max Carter being one of them. And then another guy that uh, name we will not release yet. Um, so you have those two guys kind of as the Pat and Max. Then you have the four guys that are, Slightly below them, you have Ashley. You might have other people come on board. Uh, so you have like a real ass recruiting department and and person and player personnel group. You know, I think Zach's Zach's main work will probably be in the portal while the other guys are in high school stuff, if I had to guess. And how the portal, how you manage the portal with roster construction and years of eligibility. And because that's such a that's such a huge undertaking now, is understanding portal guys and how many years they have left and how that fits in with the high school guys and how we don't want to be even though the twenty five rule is gone, you don't want to all of a sudden have like a huge number of your roster leaving at the same time. Right. So you need to balance like one year portal guys versus guys that have three years left versus how many high school guys. In where and where do they fit as seniors, juniors, sophomores, things of that nature? It generally always, when it was high school, there was just a rhythm to it. We're going to take 22 guys every year. Five of them aren't going to make it. You know, there's 28 guys that leave every year uh, through graduation. You have a little bit more attrition. It fills itself back up. You're back at the 85. There was... There was kind of a rhythm to it. Yeah, it was the joke it, every year. People would be like, how many are they going to take? And we'd be like, 25. 25. <laughs> and <laughs> we would be, they would be telling us, our sources would be telling us, give me a smaller class, man. I think we might only be able to do like 16, 17, 18. And I would be like, 25. And they're like, I don't know, man. I just don't know how the numbers, the numbers. When it was like all 25. said and done, it was always between 22 and 25. Like, oh, always. Always. And then it dropped a little bit because they started adding transfers into the number. So for a long time, it was always 25 recruits. They're taking 25 high school kids. And then you had to add the transfers in. So then it was like, okay, 20. Then they're going to go get five transfers. Why do I have the hiccups? Um, I think I probably ate those enchiladas way too fast. Uh, but here we are. I think I ate three enchiladas in like 90 seconds right before the show started. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's always evolving, but having somebody that is out in front of it is going to save you from headaches down the road, right? Like that's, that's why it's so important to be. And I, I that's one of the things I've been really impressed with Satterfield on so many of these guys, Dave, Football guys, old school. Oh, we do it how we do it. And five years ago, if I'd have told you this is where the sport was going to be 
in December of 2022, you told me I was crazy. Because it yeah, just it's didn't not, seem... It's not really what you think of when you say college football. Right. It's just very much... The roster construction part of it is very much NFL. Yes. Just with a lot more guys. You lose a guy, you just go replace him. Yep. Like, with another guy, not with a freshman that you've got to wait two or three years to see if he's good. We just go, like, oh, we need a corner? All right, let's just go get the best corner we can get. Corner it is. Uh, have I seen what? I, d- uh, I did see that. Okay, I did not see that. Um, but it, but it's funny because PJ Fleck is a notorious. Yeah. Anyhow, ask, Char- ask Charles McClellan about PJ. Or no, it wasn't yeah. Charles McClellan. It was um a different was, running back. What was his yeah, name? Yeah, Green. A, uh, Green. Something Green. Yeah. Something Green. I can't remember his first damn name. Um. But I, I there's a caveat here. <clears throat> Luke and those guys were never <clears throat> never big on negative recruiting. It wasn't really their style. I could see them negative recruiting PJ Fleck. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, you really want to go deal with that clown? Mm-hmm. Like you really want to go go join the cult? Like so, they weren't that. They weren't a, a a group that was big on negative recruiting, but with that guy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'd be it'd be hard not to talk some some stuff about him during recruiting. Yeah. <laughs> Luke Fickle said mean things about me, and then one of the members of my cult came back and told me. Showed me the text messages. Yeah. Okay. Have this, here's some Kool Aid. <laughs> oh boy. Um. So yeah, like the infrastructure in college football is changing drastically, and that's where the extra money has to get focused because it's not that those were underfunded portions of the program they were non-existent portions of the program they weren't created they, they weren't even in the pipeline for where this thing needed to go and if Satterfield is is using the extra two million dollars or million and a half dollars or whatever yeah apparently a recruit should flex. Yeah. of course they did of course they did I, I knew a kid that that committed to him at Western Michigan and then eventually followed him to Minnesota. And the stories of like, it, just very cultish, just very like, this is the only guy that can, can get it right. This is the only guy my son can play. Like, what are we doing? Come on. <laughs> There's there's a lot of guys out there. Let's let's not be ridiculous. Uh, yeah, PJ Fleck. But no, there 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 are the uh, yeah. there are not many programs though that are that have put this type of general manager 
position in place. It's going to be everywhere soon. Yes, for sure. It's like managing the salary cap, managing the yeah. portal. Yeah. This guy is the Brandon Sosna of the portal. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see. Love you, Brandon. Uh, we'll, we'll see, you know, when that comes to fruition with, you know, what comments are made. Um, I did want to mention and see if you, what you thought about this and things can change. You're a new coach. You're trying, you're trying to ingratiate yourself to your new fan base and everything. But I appreciate as someone who listens to a lot of coaches use a lot of words, but don't actually say anything. Mm -hmm. uh, I appreciated yesterday. There was a, I felt there was like a good bit of transparency and just a, a, a real nice amount of normalness in the things that Scott Satterfield said in his signing day press conference. I agree. Now, I will also say this. In my experience, coaches are always two different people. They are one person in the offseason. Right. Where they are candid and interesting and oftentimes forthcoming about what is what is happening behind the scenes and then camp hits and the coach comes out so sure. i i agree i thought he was he was very interesting and forthcoming. And that's why and, i said like it could just be like new car smell type thing like i can't come up here and just yeah. pretend like i'm keeping uh nuclear codes you know a month into having this job but I, but even even that part, understanding, he still seemed to be like just having a conversation, and not necessarily like reading bullet points about recruits yeah. and commits. I, I thought he was he was open and honest. I asked him about each kid specifically. Uh, everybody else wanted to ask him all kinds of stuff that didn't pertain to signing day. signing day. Really, I thought we were there for a signing day presser. Uh, so I do think this whole thing about like um, the whole like Cincinnati kids in the class was interesting and tells me that the people asking these questions didn't really look at the class before because no, it's had, just a talking point. They had two kids from Cincinnati committed. I then they, they had a couple from Dayton, but yeah. they had two from Cincinnati. <laughs> I tried to make that point. Uh <laughs> I, I I tried to make that point before uh before he answered the question. Um but he asked it anyway. And I was like, even even like it, it's not that hard to pull it up and look, you know. It really isn't. I mean I mean, well, I mean, apparently it is. Yeah. <laughs> but like Evan Tengestall is that's pretty damn close to Cincinnati. Yeah. I mean, you had Cam Calhoun and that was actually the only, wait, is that the only Cincinnati one? No. And Braden uh, Moore. Braden yeah. Moore. It says Hamilton. I never understood that. Why it says Hamilton and not Cincinnati. Um, but yeah, you had Braden Moore from Hamilton, Cam Calhoun from Cincinnati. You had 
J- Jackson or Jason, whatever. Uh, Jackson yeah, McGowan Jackson from McGowan. Miamisburg. Yeah. Like you didn't have a bunch of. Uh, you didn't have a bunch of Cincinnati-ish kids to begin with. So how would he go? Like he's going to go about adding Cincinnati kids in the last. He's going to go steal all the Cincinnati kids that he committed elsewhere in (laughs) ten days. Two weeks of of it that had either a already decided they didn't want to stay home, or the staff here had deemed not what we're looking for heading into the big 12. Yeah. I mean, uh, guys, I, mean, I don't know an offensive coordinator. I, I don't know how I, Eric, I are, you, are you, are you asking or telling me this? I mean, I know Tyson yeah, Elton is, is, is not interested in being at Western Kentucky for much longer, but he also runs a totally different offense than Scott Satter. Right. He's there. That doesn't right. mean that he wouldn't want to be an offensive coordinator and make a million bucks at a power five school. And not, he's not very highly paid at, at Western. Um, but I, I, you know, I don't know. They are in the, in, from my understanding, they're in the interview process uh, on offensive coordinator. So, they're not all the way to the finish line on that. So it's hard to know who's going to be the offensive coordinator until there's a, a, a you know, a, they're leaning in a certain direction. When I we have gotten, that information, we will let you know. I haven't gotten the call yet from my interview. So I, you, you, they don't like the system you run. The, the never punt, never kick extra point system. Yeah. Uh, ties to Zach, he's making 90 900k. There are ties to Zach, yeah, but yeah. I don't like you. That's you're not asking the 28 year old portal expert who he thinks should be the offensive coordinator, I don't think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they my understanding. Don't, they don't my understanding. have any nil. Yeah, they it's have not no that nil. It's not strong. It's not existent. Uh, my understanding is Scott Springer will will be the guy at least for now. Uh, Peter, the, whoever gets the job as offensive coordinator probably is not going to be deciding who's the quarterback. It'll be the head coach who was a former quarterback that calls the offense, um, and is instructed on. This is your quarterback. <laughs> that's what makes trying to, to me, that's what makes trying to even guess. And when you have a head coach that calls their own plays, you know, it's hard to pigeonhole who they might be going after because does that person call plays now and is going to relinquish that duty in this new job? Right. Is it someone that's never called plays but isn't an offensive coordinator now and but has this like really good offensive mind that fits with what Scott wants to do? So you make him the offensive coordinator and he's a a game playing wizard and, and things. I mean, I don't think he would do it because I, I mean, you think he's got a pretty cushy job right now and 
and the, the quarterback situation makes it a little more funny, but like I was all I was wondering about like would Dan Mullen make sense to be offensive coordinator? Uh, I, I doubt that happens now because of Emory Jones and he probably just if he's gonna coach, he's gonna be a head coach and he clearly doesn't seem like he's getting a job this year. Um Right. But yeah, there's just it, it leaves too many variables open, too many questions to even try to like see who it could be based on the fact that he's calls his own plays. Yeah. It it makes it a little bit tougher to track because you wonder if it's an up and comer. Like if it's somebody that's a, a quarterback coach somewhere that's looking to get their, you know, their first OC job, that first OC title. Um, is it, is it, you know, what they've got tight ends coach Wyatt open. There have been quite, a, quite a few guys that have made that jump from, you know, uh, tight ends coach to offensive coordinator and, and maintain the tight end position. Denbrock being one of those. Um, and I agree, Richard, go, go find a really good young offensive mind, make him the offensive coordinator. I agree. One second. Yes. Would you, would you agree with that? That like, that's what I would do. Yeah, I absolutely would do that. I mean, someone that has some energy for recruiting, some energy for uh, innovation offensively, and you can just kind of like leave that guy alone to design game plans and play sequencing and scripts and stuff like that. And then him and, you know, Satterfield work hand in hand on how they're going to call the game. I mean, it's very similar to, like, what the Bengals are doing. You have Zach Taylor who calls the plays. Brian Callahan is the offensive coordinator, and Dan Pitcher is the quarterback coach, and they all work together on how, and with Joe Burrow, they all work together on how the concepts are going to come together and how they're going to call a game, and Zach just happens to be the one that picks the plays uh, when they – when they need to be picked, but the, those other guys have major, major influence in tendencies and groupings of plays. Like here's our group on third and six or more. Here's our group from the 25 yard line and in on first down. And, you know, you don't have this like catalog of plays. You haven't broken up into, into grouping. So when you get into those specific situations you have, and you you have three to five plays so that you can call them quickly and go, okay, it's third and four. This is our third medium play set. And this is what we're going to run. So you, you, you bring someone like that in who can really concentrate on that element of it. And I, I mean, I think that's a really, really good way to go about offense in in 2022 football again UCF super fan you are very lucky I don't feel like going through the process of going on to my twitch feed going into <laughs> the the back end and timing you out for five minutes uh <laughs> uh Jason Cooper 42 but did take army to multiple national titles running a spread offense uh 
in NCAA 14. In NCAA 14, of course. I mean, I think that's uh, that's got to get you an interview, Jason. Why? I can't see why not. Depends on the level that you were playing at, I guess. Yeah. Were you were you playing at all like all American? All American or, or like JUCO? <laughs> Merry, Merry Christmas to UCF Superfan and Marcus. Appreciate you know I love you, UCF Superfan. But you say things like Hugh Jackson, and I want to time you out. I'm sorry, I do. <laughs> Jason said he's got Heisman level, and he has an in at Coleraine for recruiting. I don't think they need an in at Coleraine for recruiting, Jason. I think they have that. They, of all the Cincinnati <laughs> schools, I think they've got that one covered. Do you have an in at Winton Woods? <laughs> oh boy i love it love it love it love it but we should i mean we should have a clearer picture on this in a couple of weeks so it's, it's not going to take much longer yeah we're getting there a, guys we're getting there from that standpoint and you know hopefully <laughs> that equals us getting yeah, it's a little bit more info that we can share when it when it comes to to things like visits and and portal. Uh, they've been very very stingy with their portal offers. That's or at least to the ones that the kids are making public. Right. Um, they did offer an offensive lineman from I want to say Southern Utah, the FCS guy. Uh, he's gotten five or six power five offers since jumping in the portal. So, but uh, they're certainly making lots of connections. Yes. You know, that's the first step in it. That doesn't necessarily mean anything. You're just, you're just introducing yourself, seeing if there's any potential interest, reviewing film, you know, of the guys that they've offered, they're doing. They're they're hitting. They're you know they're doing pretty well. <laughs> so so how about the bowl game tonight, Dave? Did you see the temperature right now? Uh, is it in Dallas? Yeah. Uh, no, it's. Uh... I thought it was at TCU Stadium. Okay. Is okay. Is it? I don't even know. Uh, yeah, it is. I see TCU on the scoreboard. Uh, what is it like? Nope, seven nope. degrees. The wind chill is minus four. That's right fun. That you is, think the Air Force kids are tougher or the Baylor kids are tougher? I'm going to guess the Air Force guys. Baylor's had like a lot of opt-outs, a lot of transfers too. Yeah. When am I going to be on Locked On Big 12? Probably never. Uh, but I'll be on Sikkim 365 whenever they ask me to. Locked On, not really my 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 jam. Uh, uh, I don't believe they don't were they active on Mikey Keene, though. I asked about him, and then the person I asked at first was like, "Who?" <laughs> and then I told him, and they were like, "Oh, no, no, he hasn't. He hasn't come up here." Well, he went to Fresno State. I thought he would go higher than that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I thought it was in Austin, uh, Michael Beers. I didn't know where it was. So I pulled up a picture of the game as it was happening, and the scoreboard has a TCU logo on it. 
So I am going to assume it's a TCU. Assume. It's almost the coldest bowl game ever. Almost. Once assembled, how are our recruiting staff compared to others in the Big 12? I, I don't know what others in the Big 12 look like at this point. Um, I have not done that deep of a dive on the Big 12, but I would assume it would be on par. Is that you think that's fair, Dave? Yeah, I mean, I think there's some some that'll be you know have more bodies than others, but yeah, I would say that they're not. It's not going to be like um, that they're being outclassed by a by a tremendous amount of people, right? They will Which be in the I ballpark. Think, you know, I think they. That's why I don't think that they're necessarily done. They might be. But like I could see them adding a third, like a third recruiting person. Well, I mean, they're gonna have at least three. I mean, like three guys that I guess I would consider like right below uh, Zach Grant. Okay, yeah, they they'll have two. I, we know of one that we believe is coming that we haven't really the the name is out there, but we haven't confirmed yet. Uh, and then Carter, that's already here, that came up from Louisville. Yes. Um, so yeah, that would be, if you have four, you know, you have a general manager, you have four full-time recruiting people, uh, and then you have, you know, your on-player director that handles all the visits and all that stuff. You're running at a, at a five person recruiting staff that feels pretty good. For sure. Five, five people with a boss feels pretty good. Um, anything else football wise you want to get to Mr. Simone? Uh, Michael Beers asked if we know when the new schedule comes out and, <laughs> um, no, we did. We thought we did. And then it's to the best of my knowledge, inferring some things, I think that the Big 12 had planned on releasing the 2023 and 2024 schedules at the same time. Almost like the last two years of the AAC where they just kind of threw in the towel and just flipped the road games to the right. home games. I think that's what their plans were to do. Um, yes. With Oklahoma and Texas still being in the league for two more years, they were just going to put it all out there the next two years and just have it be out there. Now, it appears that Oklahoma and Texas and the league and the networks are trying to figure out a way to uh, buy their way out of the league early, which is what I always thought was going to happen. If you've listened to us talk about this for any length of time, I've probably said 20 times I never believed that Oklahoma and Texas would play two more years in the Big 12. Right. Now, they have until the end of December to get out outside of the 18-month limit the 18 month you know thing that everybody yeah, they're gonna leave a year early essentially conference. 
Yeah. Right. So we'll see if anything really does happen in the next, whatever, nine days. Or if they, um, you know, give them a little bit of leeway depending on how much money they're willing to pay. And I think they might give them a little bit of leeway also because they've already replaced them. Yeah. It's not a typical situation where, like, when you see and UCF and Houston said we were leaving the AAC, they didn't already have, like, the other teams ready to play. Or when it happened in the Big East and it was a total surprise. Right. You know, you're going to hold those teams to every bylaw or only negotiate if they're willing to truly pay a premium to get out early where now the big 12 is probably like, you know what? Like if we get this figured out in January, are we really going to like hold their feet to the fire because they didn't make an announcement by December 31st, even though we've already got these four teams and they're, they're ready to go next year. So I think that aspect of it makes it a little more, I don't know, friendly, a little less adversarial. Now, the Big 12 is certainly still going to get every penny that they can get. And Fox will be will be uh, needed to make whole and all of that stuff. But to me, that is why the schedule got delayed, is because the, the growing sentiment in them leaving early caused them to have to, which I don't understand why you couldn't just give out the 2023 schedule. Yeah, but I think there were some things that were... <clears throat> So maybe they're going to redo the 2023 schedules because the the homes and aways and things of that nature, maybe they're just going to make like they make Oklahoma and Texas play all the best teams on the road where maybe they were being nice to them in in 2023 before. They were going to play all those teams on the road in 24. Yeah. Because it was their last year. Now they got to reconfigure. Yeah. I mean, Maybe one day I'll be able to, to tell you. We'll see if it ends up being the same. But, I mean, I know. I, I, you see, I, know. Fan, I don't know that to be true right now. I know one of those parts to be true. We think. Well, before they made – before they Right, put that's those, what I'm saying. Right. We yeah, think. That's, we that's, we that's, think we knew both of those things were true. We're, I, don't know about the, I don't know about the second one. No, I do. The going to Texas part? Yeah, because I have a source at Texas that said oh, okay. Cincinnati was coming to Austin. And we have heard from sources that you see that Oklahoma's coming to Nippert. But that was before they hit this pause button and pushed it back to February of 23. If it stays like it was, then those things will be true, UCF Superfan. But we don't know that for certain right now. Because we don't know what's changing until it changes. If it changes, I guess. Yes. Uh, which game would be the biggest game for UC next year? Until I, I don't know right now. Country roads take me home to I'm, place I, I, I belong. I would. I would bet good money Central Florida and West Virginia will be on the schedule. One of them will be at home. One of them will be on the road. West Virginia, Mountain Mama, can't wait. I'm more excited for that than any of the other teams. I love going there. I know you do. 
those, those, even though you're, those aren't your people, those are your people. Oh, they're very much my people. My brother went there. I know. I but... get to see a bunch of people that I know. I get to drink like $1 <laughs> drinks. I'll never forget going to a bar there. Like after I was out of school and Drew was still in school and I was buying him and all of his friends drinks the whole night. And I got the bill and it was like $46. Yeah. There was one one bar we went to, they had free beer until midnight, and then there <laughs> and then there weren't many people there, and they just said, okay, free beer until we close. <laughs> free beer. Yeah. That's a bad business model. I think it's a great business. I mean, they might not still be open, but <laughs> I also attended it... the first game they ever sold beer at. They, they ran out right after yeah. halftime. Yeah, it was gone fast. <laughs> um, Marshall, you Marshall, it was 25 cents, 25 cents a beer. Like one night a week, there was like a, a four hour window where you could drink beer for 25 cents. A, 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 I have, like Jason, I've, I've not ridden the, the Mountaineer monorail. Uh, they have a, Dave. They have, Dave, you have the voice of oh, I have a terrible, uh, an angel. Terrible singing voice. Terrible, terrible. Yeah. Uh, yes, they have a Your little lady lumps. A little monorail tram system on campus that like takes you from the top of campus to the bottom if the weather's too bad. You can ride the little monorail like you're at Disney. And I have never been in it. We should live podcast from inside the monorail. When you see plays there, from like from our phones, like sit just, on different like just in it and have people coming in and out, have coolers, like to see see what kind of shenanigans we can get in. I mean, we could. I don't think we could be next to each other, but we could like we could one. You could sit on one end, I could sit on the other. We could be on our phone. Um, I don't know. Uh. Marcus, that's awful. I, I don't, don't know <laughs> what to tell you. I wish I did. Um, if the pay comment thing's not working, I, I deeply apologize. And uh, Richard has been able to do it. Richard, are you on mobile or are you on desktop or laptop? Uh, yeah. Um, any more football you got, Dave? Not really. Yeah, I think it's going to be, you know, unless some of, you never know with the portal <laughs> when someone might decide to make uh, a decision. So look, man, it's, it's kids. Like somebody could wake up to just have a bad night, wake up tomorrow and be in the portal. Someone could think that they're going to, you know, they're not going to commit until February. And all of a sudden tomorrow they're ready to make a decision. Yeah, like and subscribe while you're here, people. Listen to Michael Beers, who is not related to Dana Beers. What was that? What was that guy yesterday? Uh, Rowdy, Rowdy Beers. Rowdy Beers. Are you related to Rowdy Beers, Michael? No, they spelled. Oh no, they just. And then dude, dude person. Yeah, Did dude you see person. That guy? I like dude person. That's a good one. Uh, Richard's donating from his iPhone, Marcus. Um, I'll call, I'll call the Google <laughs> Dave, you're on your own. I got to call the Google. All right. Well, 
guess we're done. Was that here. it? Was that was that? We're, are we done with uh, the brunch? You guys are done. I think so. I mean, we don't really. I mean, the problem also being with the brunch, at least right now, this Sunday and next Sunday are Christmas and New Year's Day. Yeah, I'm. I'm not doing the podcast on Christmas morning. <laughs> or or New Year's Day morning, I wouldn't think. New Year's Day morning. I mean, I don't. We don't do anything on New Year's Eve anyway. I'll be watching. I'll be watching the playoffs. I'll be at the hospital. So, uh, yeah. I mean, there's just not enough. I don't think there's enough worthwhile content to cover on on the brunch without a without a game or something like that to to discuss. Yeah, but I enjoyed it. And uh, I think think we did a good job and we appreciate everybody that uh, came on. We had some, some loyal, loyal regulars, Sunday morning folk. That it's uh, funny how you always like each show, depending on like the time slot and the day, like, you know, a lot of you knuckleheads are here all the time. Um, And I'm sorry if you're here, Paul, and I offended you by saying knucklehead. Paul doesn't like being called a knucklehead. Um, but it's a term of endearment, Paul. But like you get you get such different people depending on the day and the time. I know when we do like the mid-afternoon stuff, we get a different crowd. Sunday morning, we get a different crowd. Michael Beers might be related to Aaron because he's got people in his family with the last name Smith. Oh it's a very well, it, it's a very unique name. It so. is. <laughs> It's a very unique name. The the most unique. <laughs> Aaron, you're related to all the Smiths, right? All of them. <laughs> all of them. Uh, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll come up with some some you know one off fun things to talk. You know, reasons to, to have some pop-up shows here and there, but... Uh, yeah. You might not get Royal Golf Links to sponsor the random pop-ups, but no, you're free no. to do them whenever you like. No, I was talking about, like, more like me and you. Oh, I was talking about the brunch. Like, maybe just... No, the, yeah. We do stuff all the time. Whenever, whenever we have the inkling to do a show, we just do a show. Maybe, uh, you know, <laughs> any, any tips on how to deal with Ohio State fans in the city? Uh, don't avoid them, yeah, just avoid at all them. costs, at all costs, avoid them. What do you think of my new setup, Dave? You like the, you like the for artwork sure. for sure? If you don't, if you don't talk to them, kind of like me and Xavier fans, like. I don't know any, so I can't. So there's no reason to like. I take that back. I do know some, and they are great people, by the way. Uh, long, long time, long, 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 long time family, very close family friends, mega, mega, mega Xavier donors, uh, like top one percent. But great people. Other than them, I don't know anybody. So it's a great way to to not have to worry about it. Talk for a second, Dave. 
Okay. Uh, no, no UCF super fan is not John Brandon. <laughs> That's outstanding. Well played, sir. Well played. I, I, I did find it interesting that two Dayton Flyers have already transferred before January 1st. Not saying. Just saying. <laughs> Could could not be a coincidence. They were supposed to be good this year too, and they're terrible. So again, they've had a bunch of injuries, haven't they? Again, not saying. Haven't they had a bunch of injuries? I I don't know. I think they have. I don't know, but we should talk okay. about the Bear, the Bearcats basketball game last night against the was it Detroit Mercy? Are they the Trojans? Yes. No, the Titans. 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 The Titans of Detroit Mercy. All right. So we are we are done with the out of conference. Let, we let's, are. let's talk more out of conference right now than we talk specifically Detroit Mercy. Okay. There there has to be one like the number one story from the out of conference play is easy, right? Well, I guess. Maybe not as easy as you think if I'm not really following. The emergence of Victor Lockett. Victor Lockett has been wonderful. That has to be, for me, the number one story so far of this season. We have heard about Vic's potential. We have heard that when he fully adjusts to the American game, we got him, we got him right Ooh. here. <laughs> Um, he has been outstanding, and Marcus. Uh, yeah. Do Marcus not recommend is... YouTube chatting and driving in Atlanta traffic at the same time. Anywho, how about the Big Twelve classes? Y'all took a look. I'm just chatting tonight. Uh, yes, outside of Oklahoma and Texas, the vast majority of the Big Twelve—I mean, kind of all of it—were like all within a point or two of each other from a, a per player average rating standpoint and it that that pretty much sums up the big 12 right like they're all in this very tight little bunch and it just depends like one year you're going to be six and six and with a very similar roster the next year uh you're nine and three yeah, and, like and I, de I definitely did not. I have not had the chance. I did not look to see, like, you know, look at each class and see, you know, how many four stars or how many top two, four, seven guys each class got. Um, but just from, I just know from seeing a few different things that outside of the two that typically are the best, um, they were all, you know, Pretty darn close to each other. I know UC's was I, I want to say, I guess sixth or fourth or however you want to do that. You know, based on per player average and and the um, all the teams like right behind Oklahoma and Texas were all within a point of each other. It was a lot of like eighty-seven point this. And all right there within a couple decimals of of each other. 
So, you know, obviously we're going to need more kids and things will change when, you know, not a, I don't even know if they'll rank every transfer. Some transfers have rankings that figure into this. Some don't. It's a very, you know, you have your transfer ranking now and your composite ranking. And I guess they have some formula that averages them all out. And yeah, so it, it's a lot more convoluted now than, than it used to be. And you can clearly make the numbers tell whatever story you want them to tell. Depending on how, you know, you want to go by average player ranking, you want to go by uh, composite, you want to go by 24-7, you want to go by team total, how they placed in the rankings. Um, you know, you want to say, well, they haven't ranked all of our transfers, so that doesn't, you know, we, that doesn't count. And, you know, so it's, it's, and of course, like when I run Twitter, I'm obviously going to make, the numbers say that what I want them to say to get the best reaction out of our fan base to be sure and things like that. I mean, we're a fan site. I'm not trying to be like NPR, I'm like, you know, <laughs> call it down the middle. Um, but no, I think, you know, obviously you want more players in a class that's going to happen with a coaching change, but you know, you still had a very high number of like everybody I think was an 86 or above. And that, you know, even a couple years ago, that was like the best player. The best player was an 86 to an 88. And if there, there'd be yeah. a couple here and there that, and there'd be a lot of 83s and 84s and 85s. So, um, uh, we did lie to you. We're still talking football. That's because Marcus donated $10. Yeah. You see a super fan. You're going to have to start paying up for all these yeah. comments. You and comment a lot. You without, you're not a member. Like so, I don't see the little thing by your name that says you're a member. Uh, <laughs> you're not. You're not paying for anything. Might be a member though on Twitch. I I, I can I neither confirm nor deny hard. that. I'm if they're, him a hard but if they're subscribed via Amazon on Twitch, that's still income on Twitch. He'll he'll talk to the wife. <laughs> but look, if you donate, we we'll will talk, talk about whatever we'll talk the hell about whatever you, want you want to talk about. Right. <laughs> Uh, and and Richard Smiley says the Big 12 is halftime adjustments and X's and O's. And like what year your quarterback play is great? What year you're healthy? And just like how many dudes do you have? Yeah. I think that's yeah. it's kind of what's come into crystallization, I think, especially this year. Like against teams in the AAC that we felt we were better than just didn't have enough dudes. Right. Um, all right. Basketball. Oh, there we go. Sorry. Maybe not. I ain't got them. <laughs> so I'm just popping up tonight to show some love for Kelly. Uh, you're going to be the third guest tonight that look, man, your guest appearance at the end of the, uh, the, the subathon. You're welcome. If you like, if you ever want to come on and just talk, you're more than welcome. You just hit me up, DM me on Twitter or DM me on Bearcat Journal, whatever. Let me know. I'll send you the link, Marcus. You can come on and chop it up whenever you want to come on and chop it up, brother. I don't have a problem with that. I actually, Dave, you don't know this. Marcus was actually one of the first names that came to my mind as a guest or as the co-host for the brunch. 
Well, don't tell him that. Now he's going to be bummed. Well, I mean, I you know, Jeff <laughs> just Jeff worked out. Like <laughs> Jeff was ahead of him on the list, but if you don't Jeff say that publicly. It, I, I mean, it is what it is. Jeff works here. He, he was we was already an affiliate at that point in time. I know, so like Jeff. But if Jeff is too busy like saving the world and like catching, you know catching finding the ba- catching catch, catching, catching the bad, the bad guys, guys, Marcus was one of the guys that I wanted to. Is, like, does, he was on my does list. Jeff have to like be out tonight and making sure that there's no nefarious activities when when this one to two inches of snow hits the ground that he's been he's been watching he's been texting me about the show <laughs> and then apparently you know everything's going to be closed and we're not going to be able to go anywhere and because of the one to two inches of snow that they're saying we're going to get and the and the massive temperature drop and the temperature drop i'm far more worried about than the snow i negative 25 and then it's going to be 60 next weekend. Yeah, of course. You want to loop in some old Bearcats for a pod, Marcus? Whenever you, like, we got we got Sundays open. We got Fridays open. We got, whenever you want to do a pod, you let me know. And I, I will have Aaron produce a podcast for you. I will make Aaron be available <laughs> at whatever time you would like to do a podcast. Huh. Uh, uh, Matt Marcus wants in with you and Jeff. He wants he wants a three man show. I'd like him to keep it out of my personal affairs. <laughs> basketball. We got to focus here. Rocket Truth is coming up on this station. Uh, bas- basketball. Yes, Vic. My thing with basketball is like if. Based on who they've played and who they've beaten, am I allowed to say I still don't know how good or bad they are? No, you're that's that's one hundred percent understandable. <laughs> like they haven't beaten a team that I would consider to be like anywhere close to good. I mean, um um not Bradley, but uh Bryant. Bra- Bryant is the best team that they've beaten. And they had like five guys. No, they had seven of their top nine guys. Okay. There's seven of their top eight guys. There was a lot more made of that than was actually. Right. But, like, but, real. St- like, but Bryant is when Bryant's your best win two months into the season, I'm I'm not sure what that says. Like fair. Uh, fair. It's fair. They lost to NKU. They didn't play well against Ohio State. I thought they played well against Arizona. They played a good half against uh, uh Xavier and they played a bad half against Xavier. So So that, like yeah, I like, mean they they here, Here's the trick. Here's the trick, Dave. So they haven't really played. They played three top 30 games, okay? Every other game has been outside the top 150. Outside of Houston and I think Memphis Every game in the American, outside of like three, is between 50 and 150. Where is you seeing that? I think they're in the 70s right now. Is this, are we talking Ken Palm or yeah, Nets? I, I, I think Ken Palm, they're right around 70s. Well, here, I'm going to look it up real quick. Here, everybody, you can see the first time I've looked at Ken Palm this year. <laughs> 71. Ha, beat you to it. All right, so... 
<clears throat> 71. So, yeah, they haven't played any of the, like, basically the teams that they're going to see, they haven't played any of them, anyone like them this season. Which makes for a very unpredictable conference slate. Yeah, I mean, I still, I, I, it's still hard for me to trust them on the road. Sure, because they scored eleven points and a half at NKU. <laughs> That's part of it, uh, <laughs> but you know, That's so. So I'm still like defense I'm still, travels, right? I'm still defense taking a, a major wait and see. Like there are elements and pieces that I like, and and I was encouraged last night that you have that off shooting night from the three guys that we've talked ad nauseum about of like they can't have all three of them have bad nights at the same time and they kind of did and they still scored one by 18 points and scored over 70 right which is what we had talked about probably wasn't going to happen if if that's how things played out um so that's encouraging well the the one thing that's encouraging is that one of those guys is no longer a top three guy. Right. But he still shoots top three usage. <laughs> he did. He did against Detroit. A lot of that was they just sat in that zone and invited you to take threes. And doesn't, he that doesn't mean threes. you have to take them. He would look. <laughs> They're inviting you. Open threes. He They're inviting you to take them. <laughs> There's a reason. <laughs> uh, this is a good one for you, Dave. And Thrifty Walrus doesn't have to donate. He just has great questions. What are the odds that Zach Zach Gant's job has uh, the word synergy in it at some level? Like in his like release? Yeah, yeah. Yes, there's uh, there's good synergy. <laughs> wavelength, he, wavelength. He he's he's in synergy with the portal. Uh, will we have another subathon in the summer? I hope so. I hope so. For subscribers, now if we do a subathon, that'll be for everybody. Like we did, we did great numbers that day, um, and it was a lot of fun. I don't know if Aaron wants to do another one, but <laughs> I will do another one, and we'll figure it out. Aaron loved the subathon. It was 15, 15 great hours of content. Love. I also live in a house with a family now, as opposed to an apartment by myself downtown. So, I mean, we can have the kids on. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> we'll we'll hook it up to the the PS Five, and the, we'll have uh, thirty minutes of the seven year old playing Fortnite. How's that with All Kelsey? Right. So, so we have like eleven minutes to go here. No, we got till nine fifteen. They oh. pushed back to nine fifteen. What if I said I have eleven minutes to go here? <laughs> <laughs> All right, basketball. Bas focus. Focus. I'm focused. Um, You're the one that I'm keeps not. taking us off the the rails here. People keep donating. They keep donating. Yeah, I, I don't know how good or bad they are. I don't either. I don't, and I don't know if we're gonna find out outside of playing like two teams. I think you see us pretty good. Um, there have been 
Like, I thought Tulane was going to be pretty good. They battled injuries. They have not been good. I thought Temple was going to be pretty good. They have battled injuries. They have not been good. Um, I'm sure they are saying the same thing about Cincinnati. Yeah, they're looking at, like, here are the good teams they played, and they lost all of them. And they also lost to some bad teams. A bad team. A bad team. You're right. I, it, you know, it, it, it's hard to get a read. I, I know that offensively they're better than we've seen in a long time because even against the bad teams, they didn't look as good as this team has offensively. Um, I think somebody did the Ken Palm numbers, the adjusted offensive efficiency. They went back 20 years. This team is like seventh the seventh best team in offensive efficiency in the last 20 years. They are also the fourth worst team in defensive efficiency in the last 20 years. So I do want to commend David DeJulius. He has taken the defense part to heart without John Newman, without Rob Fennessy. He has said, I'm going to take the best player on the other team, their best guard, and I'm going to get after him. And I like that. I thought he did an outstanding job. Look, man, Antoine Davis is a bucket getter. Now, he he ain't a friend of passing all that much. He didn't come here to pass. Uh, yeah, but that means you're like having to be locked in the whole time. Yeah, and I thought he did a really good job holding that guy. Uh, what Vic said his uh, his field goal percentage was awful in the post game. Oh, <laughs> his field goal percentage was awful. He just straight <laughs> he up six, like called him out. Yeah, he's six for twenty. Um, he was praising Dave at the time. Um, so yeah, you give Dave credit for that. Like this team needed somebody to take responsibility and ownership on defense, right? Like step up and make a play. And Dave has been that guy that was like, all right, that's on me. I'm going to step up and make a play. Um, so that's promising. At least you like to see that. Um, but other than that, like, I don't know, man, but we'll start to get a better feel on the 28th or 29th. I think it's the 29th that they played Tulane at home and you get a couple more games and then you get Houston at fifth third arena on January 8th. We'll see if they're more ready for that than they have been. Yeah. Is that all you got on basketball? Are, are you in looking at my phone, not talking about basketball mode already this year? We're not even to January, Dave. No, I I said my thing on basketball. Like I, I how many? I don't know of any of my other ways that I can say I don't know how good or bad they are. I know, but I need you to say it over more than like eighteen seconds. Yes, <laughs> I, I, I don't even know if you find that. I mean, if you beat Houston, I guess that, I mean that clearly is a good. Great, excellent win. Well, yeah, you beat what's essentially a top three team in the country. But then would... this team could very easily like turn around and I don't even know who they play the next game at Tulsa and lose that game. Fair, fair. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, are we are we seeing? Any, I mean, I think what we have. Do we have two two good Odio Guama games in a row? I mean, a lot of that's going to depend on the opponent. No, like, I mean like he, his last two. Yeah, right. They were yeah, good. Yeah, he's, yeah, he had a good stretch. I, the weird thing about that Detroit game was that like everybody had a good little like stretch. 
like DeJulius scored 10 points between the end. He had a 10-0 run from the end of the first half to the start of the second half. He finished the game with 10 points. Odie had like a little eight-point spurt where he was getting shit done around the rim, finished the game with eight points. Like there wasn't anybody in that game that was other than Vic. Right. They had like a sustained performance. (laughs) Yeah. Everybody else, it was like, okay, here's my three minute stretch. And then it's up to somebody else. But that can be okay. If you have a little bit more depth. I mean, that was, that's the biggest difference in this team, I think offensively than, than last year. Like, you know, clearly like could not have like last year, Dave could not have, a basically no show on offense outside of like four four game minutes. Right. If if Dave scored ten points and they all happened in like a three minute window between the end of the first half and the second half, that would have been at worst. That would have been a game in the fifties decided in the final minutes with the other team having the best play. Mm-hmm. Not great. I mean, it's a essentially. At least this team, I'm getting tired, Michael Beers. You're damn right I am. I've been going <laughs> straight for two days. I'm tired. I got three hours on radio tomorrow. Um, is, it, is it coincidence that all the recruits and transfers to Kentucky has something to do with Vince Morrow tampering? Uh, n- no, it's not a coincidence, and I'll leave it at that. Uh <laughs> We really need the football team to remain good and keep buying cover for the rebuild for the hoops team. I think the rebuild for the basketball team is on a track faster than people want to realize. Yeah. I think West, especially with NIL kind of lined up now and the big 12 to sell and minutes to sell. Cause there's to be quite a few. I mean, you've got four, four guys that have no more eligibility left four more that have an option like a COVID year. Um, there's going to be spots open. If you get a Flory Badunga, you get a Santo Cyril, and you go out and you get one or two guys in the portal, you can, you can compete in the big 12. And the beauty of the big 12 is also the curse of the big 12. You can go eight and 10 in that league and make the tournament. Well, did you see the thing? That Joe Lenardi tweeted about the Big Twelve. Yeah, that if uh, there was a Oklahoma State played a game the next day, and he said when he like whatever his day is that he puts out the yeah bracket, and he said it if they had played the day before, every team in the Big Twelve would have been in his bracket. Yeah, all twelve, which is just insane. I mean, it's, yeah. and he even said, like, he knows that that would, wouldn't never happen because they're going to play each other and teams will drop and other teams in other conferences will rise. But, like, to have every team be in a position to make the tournament two months into the season, when we're talking about in the AAC that, like, there's teams that have five, six, seven losses already to, to not good teams. Not We're not even talking about UC who's lost to good teams. You know, and right. then we're talking in the Big 12 that every team is in position to make the tournament. It's crazy. It's crazy. 
So basically, all you have to do is is survive, right? When when your really win the majority is. of your home games, sneak a couple in on the road. It really and is you're tough. In the tournament and you're in this league. It's going to be interesting. It's tough. Uh, for the next game, it's supposed to be a blizzard. I don't think the blizzard's going to impact the 29th. No, it think, be. even if even if there's a blizzard tonight, I think we'll be able to dig out by the 29th. Hopefully, be a hell of a blizzard. It'd be a uh, hell well, of a. I, I was what I was looking at on my phone. Three inches of snow. Apparently, Channel 19 has like updated their snow totals to like six to seven inches. And yet, like I'm looking at all these up, my other like weather apps that are saying like two inches. I saw a couple places that it slowly started to creep up uh, throughout the day today. Maybe that's weather fear mongering, or it's that the storm is taking a little bit of a different path, and we are going to get four, five, six inches, which going to make it real interesting for me getting to uh, <laughs> Kenwood from independence tomorrow that's all right i got nowhere to be tomorrow so jason you're headed into work now to sell salt <laughs> can you send some my way i don't i haven't had a chance to pick any up and i don't think kelly bought any today so we don't we don't have much salt i think i have a stockpile from last year i think i've got like a quarter of a bag left over from last year that's all i got $130 a ton and just drop, just drop a, a truck in my driveway. Like I just need a couple shovels. Can you, can you send me a couple shovels worth? <laughs> I did. I know you're not down this way much, Dave. I'm not. Uh, I found a new spot in Florence. Today was the second time I've been there. It's called Bucks Barbecue and Burgers. It is outstanding. It is really good. Really good. Again, and T Win is adamant that you run your faucets so your pipes don't freeze. And if you haven't disconnected your water, your hose on the outside, <laughs> go disconnect the hose. You haven't done water. that yet. What like what what else is going on in your life? I don't know. Some people just have it like in the back, you know, like where the hose is. We have like a hose connector like spooled up on our deck. And it's just connected to the thing. Like some people just forget about that. I know. We didn't, luckily. Ours is disconnected, but no. make sure your pipes don't freeze. Minus eight tomorrow morning with a wind chill of like negative 35. But anyway, Bucks Barbecue and Burgers, Dave. Um, so I the first time we went there, I we I made friends with the waitress as I always do. I always talk a lot uh so we went back to i went back today to get some food for me and taryn for lunch and she brought out the food and we were talking and she's like okay in there i gave you an, a side of mac and cheese and a side of baked beans but you have to promise me you'll eat them together like you'll mix them okay and i was like i've never heard of that before and I've been to a bunch of places like there's mac and cheese places that just mix all kinds of shit with mac and cheese. Like that's the whole point of Keystone. That's what they do. Right. I've never seen baked beans. So I was like, 
all right, if she's going to suggest it and the food is really good, I'll give it a try. It was awesome, and I'm now going to crave it regularly. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Like, they had the, I think it was pulled pork, but it might have been, like, shredded brisket mixed in with the baked beans. And the baked beans had a really good, like, like, like base to it. And they have awesome mac and cheese. And you just took a little scoop of the baked beans and a little scoop of the mac and cheese. And it was killer. And then they do uh, like barbecue cheese fries. So it's pulled pork, cheese, their fries. And then they give you barbecue sauce to put over top of it. You're making me hungry, man. It was, was freaking good. Freaking good. So, yeah, if you're in Florence, it's out on 18 right past the mall. Go to Buck's Barbecue. It's like in an old, like, garage. Like, I, I guarantee whatever it was before, they used to fix cars. Well, the next time I'm in Florence. Will be the first time you've been in Florence in how long? Uh, a long time. <laughs> I'll, I'll, but, try, I'll try to remember. It's one of those places where they have, like, four of the big barrel smokers right out front. Yeah. You know those places. I've never been to a place that had the four barrel smokers out front that wasn't awesome. Right. Their wings were awesome. The burger was good today. I think the burger was something that you have to get, like, you have to eat there. Yeah. You can't get the burger and then drive to Kenwood with the burger. No. Uh-uh. It, it wasn't, it wasn't, but it's it still was good. I just bet it would have been better, like, at the place. Sure. But the wings were great. The sides were great. Um, so yeah, uh, they do not deliver to Franklin, Ohio, galactic fried chicken, unfortunately. <laughs> there might, I don't know, we might, we might have something new in the works. There might be a galactic on the west side one of these days for all you west siders. All right. I think we're out of stuff to talk about, Dave. I agree. I appreciate everyone for coming out. Everybody have Marcus. a uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, whatever you choose to celebrate or not celebrate. I hope it's great. Yeah, and not stay inside. It's going to be really freaking cold out for a couple of days, and then it's going to be sixty degrees next weekend. So prepare for everybody to be sick. <laughs> yep. All right, that's going to wrap it up. Rock of Truth coming up uh, here in about 10 minutes on this here very channel. If you guys want to stick around and catch the Rock of Truth boys, they will be up here shortly. Uh, he's Dave Simone. I'm Chad Brendel. Thanks to producer extraordinaire Aaron Smith of the, uh, the Smith family. <laughs> we'll see you next time. It's the Holy Grail BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com.